Hello, everybody. I'm Flood the Drummer. Thanks for being tuned into the Drumming for Justice podcast. It's Monday, May 7th, and I have someone for you to meet. Willie Singletary is a former Philadelphia traffic court judge who's now running for Congress. There's one caveat, though. He won't be on the ballot. Mr. Singletary missed the deadline and thus will aim to be successful as a write-in candidate. And the May primaries are just days away. Mr. Singletary joins me now. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out to talk with me. All right. Well, that's not a problem. And I'm gl- glad to join you. Um, and by the way, I, I I didn't. have to go. To the court. Uh, it was later discovered that the Commonwealth Court, that the Department of State uh, admits that I was in the building before five. They also admit that there was no proper signage in, in the entrance that I came in. There's also no entrance uh, proper signage in the tumbler, and it was not in the same office prior to the last four or five years. There was no uh, nothing on the website that told you exactly where to go. You just had to come in there and find your way. So, are you saying that you uh, didn't meet? You didn't miss the deadline, as as reports are saying. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's as as that's what I'm saying, and that's what the court said. However, the Supreme Court and the Commonwealth Court didn't rule uh, in my favor, uh, which, I, again, we all know politics play out in court as well. Well, let's slow down. When did this – so uh, let's slow down for people who are, who are listening to this who are not familiar with your story. The, um, the deadlines to turn in, to turn in petition and signature to get on the ballot was when? What date? Uh, May, March 22nd. And you arrived at the office on March 22nd, but you were – they said five minutes late. Well, I got in the building before five, but I but I couldn't find the office. So I got to the office door at 503. By the time someone came back out to open the door, unlock the door and me get inside the office, it was five. Mm-hmm. And be, so being less than 10 minutes late, they said you missed the deadline and that's it. And you yes. appealed to as high of a court as you could. Yeah, I, I went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. What was the Supreme Court's ruling? Uh, what, what appalls me is that they did not give an opinion. They just upheld the lower courts, which I, I'm going to deal with that at a later time uh, because the fact of the matter is I wanted to know how do they vote uh, because multiple of the justices up there have wrote in favor on other opinions of my mm-hmm. issue. So that's why I think it's very political. you got to remember that one of the opponents I'm running against he was in the court. He was in the state house for 36, 38 years. So, uh, you know, they look out for you. And what district, and just to clarify, what district are you running? And you're running for Congress in, in the state of Pennsylvania, but for what district? The third congressional the district. The third congressional district. So who are some of your, com- your competitors? Who are you competing against? Well, well, I only have two competitors. That's uh, uh, Dwight Evans and Kevin Okay, Johnson. that's... Dwight Evans is a former state representative who took over for Shaka Rata, and Kevin Johnson is the current pastor of Dare to Imagine, former pastor of Bright Hope Baptist, who at one point mullied around the thought of running for mayor. Um, do you think that you are uh, uh, more prepared than either one of those gentlemen to, to, to do this job as a congressman? Um, when, I, when you say prepared, if you want to look at someone's experience, um, Dwight has the experience, but do you have the heart for the people now? 
Uh, Kevin is from Dallas. Uh, he cannot care about my community the way I care about it. Uh, for the fact of the matter is, they both got we all they both got junk in their trunk, and so uh, I think. Well, what is that? I mean? am the only. Uh, well, let, let me say this. I, I think that I am the only candidate, the only candidate that has the community, the true community at heart. Uh, why, why I say that? Because neither one of them have out knocked doors from on me. Neither one of them has out been to any community meetings than me. I've knocked on 5,725 doors. I've been to 273 community meetings. Uh, I'm still out knocking and talking to people. Uh, Mr. Evans is taking his race for granted. Uh, Kevin is just an opportunist. Um, he is from Dallas, but uh, there are pictures that, that he was a Dallas Cowboy fan. Mm -hmm. And now he's saying he's a Eagles fan. Mm -hmm. uh, but just in 17, you was a Dallas fan, but people told you that you couldn't be elected as a Cowboy fan. So if you trade on that issue, then what else are you going to trade on? Mm -hmm. So since May 27th, which was that deadline day, right? 21st or 22nd. 21st. How have you been campaigning knowing that you won't, knowing that your name won't appear on the ballot? What has that well, process been like? Well, I didn't know until I was in appeal courts. So I didn't get um, uh, a, a, a final answer until about two weeks ago. Uh, and it was at, at that point that I made up my mind that I'm, I, you know, uh, the people want a, a voice that's going to be. Uh, someone that's going to speak to the common uh, issues of the community, someone that represents them uh, well, because you could be my color, but not my kind. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've just been campaigning. I've been uh, sharing my vision, sharing my heart, talking to people. Have and they been taking you seriously? Because some, some would want to uh, position you as the punchline of the, of the campaign. Well, I, I'll tell you this. Those who haven't taken me seriously, uh, they're going to be shocked and amazed on uh, May 15th at the end of the night uh, when the, fir the first congressional writing candidate of Pennsylvania has won. So uh, there's no doubt I in am, your mind you're winning this thing? The, the, I have no doubt in my mind. Now, some people may, uh, may, may hear you say this, Willie. They, they may know your past um, and, and they may know your, your issues with being on the, not being on the ballot. They say Dwight and Kevin cannot fundraise you uh, and you're not, well, on, no, that's you're not on TV. How can oh, you be so confident? Stop, 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 stop there. I'm the only candidate on a major network. I'm on 29 and 6. I'm the only candidate. When is your commercials begin airing? Last week. <laughs> you better talk to uh, Flo, you better talk to the city about that. I'm the only candidate on TV now. Okay. <laughs> I was the only candidate on radio at one point. And so Well, then I stand uh, to be corrected. So and, and I got then my second, I got two different more commercials coming out Wednesday. So How are you financing on, on this operation? Uh, the, the people giving five dollars here, two dollars there, seven dollars there. People are giving mm -hmm. uh, some of my own personal money, but uh, people are giving. People every day I talk to people. People want to to want to be a part of something that they feel like they can touch. I'm I'm hope to somebody's grandchild. I'm hope to somebody's daughter. I'm hope to somebody's son who is in prison. You know, we talking about justice reform. But, you know, at the end of the day is I am justice reform. I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been a judge and I've been in a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. And so I understand both sides of it. And the fact of the matter is I know the city better than either candidate. I know it from Sheltham Avenue all the way down to Mifflin, all the way down to Woodland Avenue and back up to City Line Avenue. I know this district in and out. 
I know the different communities. I know the different people. And I'm going to make a difference. But, you know, when we look at when we have uh, uh, when, when the persistence of the racial gaps in wealth, education, incarceration and employment remains unchanged by our current leadership, it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's talk you know, about the change. What is your platform? What are you promising these people who you're asking to believe in you? Well, the first thing is I, I, I believe in true justice reform. And as a legislator, I will be committed to reforming a criminal justice system that is currently broken to an effective justice system that promotes public safety, fairness, and true rehabilitation. But how? A criminal just, uh, um, let, me, let me say, a criminal justice system that probably calibrates sentences to offenses and not to the color of someone's skin or mm-hmm. how deep someone's pockets are. Mm-hmm. So in, to successfully reform our criminal justice system, we must work to strengthen the bonds of trust between communities and police. We have to end the uh, uh, mass incarceration. We have to uh, ensure successful transition of individuals from prison to home. For example, if you just lock, if I'm a drug dealer and I'm selling drugs and you lock me up for three or four years and I don't get no training, when I get back out, I'm going right back in. Mm-hmm. So I, it has to be some training, some rehabilitation. There has to be some uh, G program some college some trades so that when a person comes out and we got to ban that box if they need to be able to get a job and successfully provide for their family and so let's slow down let's slow down and focus on that piece have you done a cost benefit analysis on on what your platform would 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 cost the taxpayers for example just the program you're talking about about kind of a you know flipping the criminal justice uh uh uh, program on its head and, and 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 weaving in some um, what do they call it? So Vocational it, training. What's what is that going to cost? What are the hard numbers? It, 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 so there there are different hard about this whole process. But when you look at it, I can't give you a hard number for Pennsylvania. It's a hard number for in Pennsylvania. We spend forty two thousand dollars a year uh, for a person to go to prison, but twelve thousand dollars a year for a person to go to jail. If we reduce that in half, and there are, are and, and then we can provide the training that they need. It's going to save taxpayers. But, right, but don't you think it's important that if, if you if you say this is going to be my you're going to kind of a flagship initiative, I understand what it means to be a judge. I understand what it means to be a jumpsuit. I want to focus on this issue of mass incarceration. Don't you think it's important to have figures or at least an estimate to what, what this what could you, cost? What, what, you, what, 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 what the first thing is you have is going to cost one billion in uh, in the first budget to uh, define the, uh, and fund the basic training programs and search for new research and to make that this a national policy priority. So you have to do the, the total research and the research quite frankly hasn't been done on my level because I don't have the, the 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 means to do a thorough research to give you a total cost analysis but I do know uh that it's going to cost uh, uh over a uh, uh 1 billion then it's going to cost about 5 billion into reentry job programs uh, formerly incarcerated individuals that individuals can be a fair shot of getting back on their feet. We have if we don't invest in them getting back on their feet, then we're going to continue to have recidivism. And if we continue to have recidivism, it's going to cost us more over a period of time. So we have to invest in that type of program. So it's going to at least cost $5 billion in, in the United States. But we have to cut these mandatory sentences. And any evidence-based stuff on where this has worked in other cities, the model that you're trying to replicate? Have you looked at other cities to say, or other states to say, this is where I want to draw best practices from? But to, when I look at again, this is not a state or a city issue. This is a federal issue. And so as Congress, I don't write the laws for the state. I'm writing the laws for the entire country when it comes to justice reform. So I'm dealing with the federal prison system. Uh, hopefully the states will follow. But uh, there there was a, uh, a study uh, in Australia and then two other countries where it 
But but you let me just let me just was- I gotta push back. It doesn't matter if you're working on a federal level. You if that's something that you're pushing for, you should still be aware of what states in the country are working. And because I'm represent the I'm representing Pennsylvania. I want to institute you know justice reform nationally, but I'm representing Pennsylvania. I should know what are what's working in other states so that I can glean from that. Well, there's there's quite a, quite a few things that are working in different states. You know, even look at Philadelphia. Uh, right now, I can just look at Philadelphia because with the new day DA we have, uh, we are half of the population that we've been in a long time. So it, it, it's over time, it's going to be, uh, it's going we're going to save money. But in the money that we're saving, we just can't let them out of prison and not prepare them for something for something better, so they can be a productive citizen. It's just like, like right now, Pennsylvania, they dropped these boys out of prison. They've been getting medication for the last two and three years. And when they get out, they don't get no medication. And then they, they go and cuckoo for cocoa puffs because they don't have their right proper treatment. So we have to make sure if we're giving them treatment on the inside, that they have the treatment on mm-hmm. the outside. So, so uh, there, there's a couple of programs going on uh, that, that, that we need to look at. But I don't, I don't think any state in the United States has really gotten mm-hmm. it right. I don't think, you know, I think everybody's talking about it, but nobody has any substantive reality. Okay, so let's move on. What are some of the other non-justice related areas of your platform? Education, tax, business growth, economic development. Uh, so, so therefore, you know, education is we have to invest in our future. We must, you know, we have to put, bring back money for support early childhood education to, to give these kids a, a, a fair shot of success from the early days. We need to continue to support the lunch program. But when, when I think about the lunch program and how what's going on in D.C., when we got uh, Trump, we spent 30 million for Trump to go to Mar-a-Lago, but then they cut school lunch programs or meals on wheels programs. Then that's a problem when it, when you rather spend money to go on a vacation weekend rather than making sure that a child has a, a, a healthy meal while in school so that he can his brain can function properly. We got to we got to revisit that. And that means cutting some of his spending then that's what we need to do. We need to step up to the plate. You know, they complain about Obama spending a twelve million in one year on vacations or, or on trips, but he's spending thirty million mm-hmm. a weekend. Mm-hmm. So you know, we so we had to bring back more money for education. But then also, I believe you know Bernie Sanders had a a, a great plan uh, that we that the four year degree it ought if there's a state school, then we ought to be able to provide that for them, and they ought to go to school mm-hmm. for free. I believe that. And we're going to compete in this in, in this world. And so but then also we need to fix health care. Everybody knows health care in America is broken. It was broken before the Affordable Act here and it still has some issues that need to be tweaked and peaked. But private insurance companies have been allowed by generations of corrupt politicians to become monopolies with power to extort many hundreds of billions of dollars from American people. The health insurance industry in 2016 spent $150 billion a year in lobby expenses alone to protect their monopoly, money that could have been spent on providing care and saving lives. So if I believe in health care for all, whether that's, that's through the Medicaid system, uh, I believe that if we do that, we can, do, uh, we can stop big farmers. We can stop the gouging of American consumers. Mm-hmm. This will, if so, so, that's one of the things that I'm, that I'm, that I'm fighting for. And, uh, and I, I just I really believe that if we uh, educate our children, that we empower our community, I can talk about uh, 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 creating more jobs. 
But if the folk don't have the qualifications or the education, it doesn't matter how many qualifications job we bring if they so how do we do job readiness what does that look like what is an effective job readiness program look like for the state of pennsylvania and particularly in philadelphia well first of all we need to go back and bring back those trade programs that we Mm -hmm. had in high school i have a sister who's 38 years old has had a hair salon for over 20 years because she graduated from bach at 18 and got her cosmetology license and my and my father helped her get a shop within six months and she's been going mm-hmm. every and since. And that's Bach, she Bach Vocational initially. High School in South Philadelphia for our listeners who are not in Philly. And, yeah, Bach and you had Dobbins, but they've shut those yeah. programs down. We need to put those programs back, the cosmetology, the barbering. So again, I'll go back uh, to a number. Uh, the, the Is there, do you have a number or an estimate of what it would take to bring back effective vocational training to, to the Philadelphia public school uh, system? What would that take? Well, I have um, someone doing the research on that for me as we speak, who who uh, is uh, working at Temple, and he's working on the, uh, that number. Actually, we discussed that two days ago, so that I can have a concrete uh, information on what would it take to bring back the, the funding that we need to uh, not just for the school to survive, the school to survive, but to thrive. And so that's the first step of the program is making sure that those in that area. A high school can be trained, but then those who are not in high school, you know, again, you know, look at our juvenile system here in Pennsylvania. We got one of the highest populations. And that's because in school, you, you no longer got gym, you no longer got music, you no longer got arts. This generation right now, I believe that one of the reasons why there is so much dropout is because they learn, they're visual learners. And when you've taken out the mm-hmm. arts, when you've taken out the music, when you've taken out all those programs that will keep a person involved and just all you're doing is teaching them how to take a test and not educating them, preparing them for the future, that's the biggest problem with our mm-hmm. school district. Mm-hmm. When, 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 when do you think you'll have some concrete numbers? I mean, because we're over eight days away from the May primary. So I, I, I should have some in the next uh, 24, 48 mm-hmm. hours on that. I still have someone looking until we uh, I have a per, uh, actually two or three people who are trying to research it so that I could have a concrete uh, number so that it, it can make more sense of what it's going to take. But again, it's not going to happen in my first term mm-hmm. of Congress. Well, what would it, happen? It, it what would be your a- promises in the first term of Congress? Say you get elected, you become the write-in candidate and you win. What could people expect from you in your first term in Congress? My first term in Congress is making some major, some something major with criminal justice reform whether that's making sure that we uh, reduce the mandatory sentences. There's a couple of things going on. Uh, Bobby Scott, a uh, 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 member of the Judiciary Committee out of Newport News, has a, a bill called SAFE Act. Uh, I will uh, uh, rally and, uh, uh, and lobby with him. As you know, uh, one individual can't pass mm-hmm. a law in Congress. You have to be have some relationships, which I have relationships with quite a few people from when I served in the military. And so, you know, and I have relationships by, uh, just over the years throughout the country of, of things that I've done. And so building relationships, continue those relationships to, to latch on some of those things to make sure that we can do some something incredible. Uh, but again, something with a, a, a major turnaround with this criminal justice system. And I, I, I assure you that I will find some money to bring back. For mm-hmm. the there, there's money that needs to become. We have to stop. Betsy, DeVos, Secretary Betsy DeVos, who is doing some, uh, trying to take us back to 19, uh, And I asked you this before when I, when I first interviewed you, you know, you, uh, uh, why, why Congress uh, for the third congressional district? Why not state representative? 
Why not city council person of a district? Why not start a little bit, you know, on a, on a more uh, local level, build up back your base, and then, you know, pursue that maybe four or eight years from now? But, 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 but let, let me ask you that question. So if you're going to ask me that question, go ask Brandon Ball that question. I would ask, ask anybody that question. question. I, I, this is not directed so, towards you. I'm this, curious as to why you're so, interested in this office. Because I believe if we're going to make some some major changes, then you've got to be in the right position to do it for your people. I believe this is an opportunity. Uh, and I believe because I have relationships with those in Congress to make some things work. Uh, you said you do and, have and relationships with people in Congress? Absolutely. Already? I have so there's some people that I can call on their cell phone right now. Remember, I served in the military, mm -hmm. but I've also been a uh, national preacher at, uh, throughout my life, and so I've I, I've been around some of these persons for a period of time. I've actually there's two people in Congress right now that I've actually worked on their campaigns before uh, when I was young. young Do you care like, to mention them? So, no, I care not because at at this moment. Um, how can I say at, at, at this moment they will th I would have had their support when I ran in the first one there was no incumbent mm -hmm. but the fact that it, that that and it's really not incumbent but the way they, they, they see the third is in the right. district so there's really no there's really no incumbent but because they move uh the second into the third and, and call it an incumbent they will not you know in uh, speak out or endorse because if there's an incumbent mm -hmm. there so, and that's their power. And then the okay, incumbent so being Dwight Evans, Congressman Dwight yes, Evans. Yes, but I, I think, you know, he's 65. I think uh, he, he served well in West Oak Lane. I think it's an opportunity to give somebody else an opportunity and a chance uh, to do something different and something mm -hmm. better. Uh, for, for me, it's, I'm 37. You know, in, in Congress, in order to get into some type of leadership position, even if you were Congressman Bill Gray, it took him almost nine to 10 years before he got into some major leadership position. So if you take 10 years to get a leadership position, he'll be 74. That's time to retire. So that's, that's an investment that, uh, that, that, that's not, it's, it's, it's a poor mm -hmm. investment. I'll just say that because, Uh, that can bring some. So if I'm there 10 years, I'll be just 47. Look, that's why, uh, you know, in the other races, uh, the other persuasion we talk about in our course, we need to wait, to, you need to wait your time. Why should I wait till I'm 55 or 60 to run up and down the highway when I have the energy and the fortitude and, 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 and the motivation to do it when I'm 37, 38? Now, I'll just say this to you. I will have the best rated staff that I can possibly find. You know, because I don't have the answer to everything. I don't know everything. But the, the best thing a CEO or a leader could do is making sure that he has the right qualified staff around him or her so that they can be the most effective person they could ever mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so for me, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what I believe I'm going to do. That's, that's what I believe that I, can, that I can make that much of a difference. And so when, even when I look at, you know, uh, everything that's going on, even in America, when 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 predatory Wall Street economics and contemporary policing and uh, the deportation machine and charter school choice, mass incarceration, union busting and militarism are alive and thriving. We need a fighter to be a voice in Washington, D.C. And see, for me, 
as a young African-American male, I, I see the value and the platform of the, for the movement of black lives than they can in the traditional politics of Democratic Party platform. So it, to me, it doesn't matter who writes the legislation. If the legislation is going to help the people that I serve, not just temporarily, but over long term, then that's where I'm going to stand. We got to get out of this blue and red stuff. But you are running as a Democrat, right? Absolutely. I am a Democrat. But I think sometimes we as Democrats get it wrong. Sometimes Republicans get it wrong. But it, it, it shouldn't matter about a party. What it should matter about is, is, is the policy going to help our people, not just for the moment, but for a long period of time. So so what, what's going on in D.C. now is, 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 is everybody's fighting the red, fighting the blue, and blue fighting the red. And while that's going on, nothing's getting done back here. People still don't have no job. Our school is still suffering. Uh, people are still in mass incarceration. Then we all got to give a little to get a little. And, but we, we cannot compromise on our principles. We cannot compromise on stuff that's going to hurt our community. I'm going to stand up to the NRA. It don't make no sense. That even this weekend, a, a brother was shot uh, and killed in his apartment at Temple University. On 18 and Diamond no, Street, North Philadelphia. Yes, it don't make no sense that uh, two black men can't even sit in a, 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 a Starbucks. Now, let's take it further. If if the, if they were if one of them were on probation or parole, mm-hmm. and because they were arrested, they would have got an automatic hit. Mm. They, 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 they would have been sitting in prison, and guess what? The way probation parole is set up right now, it doesn't matter if you're guilty or not. The fact that you came in contact with police, they can sentence you to six to ten months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meek Mill just said that actually. He just, he, oh. he just saying that if he was in there and that Starbucks thing, he would be going right back to jail. Yeah, well, I, I reason I can say that when I was in prison, my, my celly, uh, which gets out in a few weeks, uh, he. He was on a violation. He beat the case mm-hmm. for something that he, he wasn't even there for. Mm-hmm. He had proof that he was somewhere else. But because he came to contact, they gave him four to eight months. Mm. Even, even after his case was beat, even after he, from videotape, you hear me? Videotape showing that he was on another side of town. They still kept him in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the, that's the, ju- the, 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 the justice that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Something wrong with mm-hmm. that. And we got to end these privatized prisons. But I mean, you, you, you're going over a lot. But I mean, again, you know, what what's the concrete steps to doing that type of stuff? Well, at, at the end of the day, there has to be a process. And, and, and that process will come over a period of time. And so it's, it's, it's uh, justice reform. It's it has multi multi facets. And so when it has multi facets, you have to look at it uh, and take it for one step at a time and, and first of all it, we have to start with let's get doing more reform with people getting out of prison mm-hmm. so there's a lot of folk in prison that shouldn't be there for a long period of time we got to cut the mandatory minimum sentence for the non-violent drug offenders and have we got to allow current non-violent prisons to seek fairer sentences we need to eliminate the sentence disparity for crack and powder cocaine so that equal amounts of crack and powder and cocaine carry equal sentences and apply does this change retroactively? Do you support safe injection sites for opiate users, Op- heroin I users? Think, I think that's idiotic because the question is. So you're against you you're go- you're against the idea of safe Absolute. injection sites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My thing is this. See, that, that, that opens up another can of worms to me. So 
you're going to tell the person, it's, it's illegal to smoke the drugs, but who's selling the drugs? Mm. So you're not going to lock them up for smoking it. Who's selling it? Oh, he's going to lock the drug dealer up. That's the bullshit. That's, that's, that's the bullshit. So, They're going to lock the drug so, dealer up. So, but guess what? It's, 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 it's us that look like we're selling it, but it's them who's smoking it. So you're going to, so, and, it, and it's opioid academic. It's just bullshit because the fact of the matter is when crap hit our community in the late 80s and the 90s, it was locked them up, throw away the key. Uh, it wasn't no getting them help, but now that it's hit their damn community, now that their sons and daughters are having overdose from opioids, oh, it's a mental health issue. Who's going to give the retroactive a reprieve to those who were locked up for smoking crack? Mm. My mother being one of them. My mother has a felony because she struggled with the disease of addiction and for a long time couldn't get benefits because of the failure on her record. But yet, mm. because your child, because your daughter is getting high, you want to do something about it. Fuck no, hell no. <laughs> we got to fix it. <laughs> no, you got to go back and fix it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that's a really it. brilliant proposition. The, 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 it's kind of like reparations, right? A very tactile a absolutely. concept of reparations. Absolutely. Mm. And, 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 and you know, me cussing, I didn't mean to cuss, I'm passionate about it. Oh, you can say whatever you want. This ain't live radio. This is the Joint for Justice podcast. You can say fuck as many times as you want. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is personal for me. I, I mean, heard. That, I, I mean, you I mean, rose that, up. That thing, is, that, that thing, I did. I sat up in my chair for that one. Because uh, <laughs> that's, my, that's my mother. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when people talk, and even how, how can you even, that's not giving them help if you provide and save injections. Like, that's telling them. Get high and keep getting high. I'm gonna provide a safe haven for you. Now, now to be fair, they are talking about the concept of making this a wraparound because I think that's the only way that this is gonna work. As if it, it just can't be somewhere where people walk in, they get high, and then they leave, and then they kind of come back and it's BYOD, bring your own dope. It has to have some some housing uh, components attached to it, some mental health components attached to it, some therapeutic and social services attached to it. Particularly, I mean, what is it if parents? are walking in to get high and they have six or seven-year-old kids with them, that's a social service case. There has to be a pipeline for that because those children should be in pre-K or kindergarten or first grade. Well, look, look at all the dope they give out on Parkside Avenue. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Put it in Parkside. Mm -hmm. They go get their injections or their pills or whatever they got to get and they stay high up. We got to fix this. Mm -hmm. And we got to get some get them in some programs that work. But if the people don't want to work the program, then the program won't work. You know, I, I, I've been, to, my mother has 22 years clean. Thank God for my mother. Oh, hallelujah. But in a, the they say the program works if you work the program. Mm. And you take one day at a time. If you apply those 12 step traditions and you apply those principles, then and only then can you get changed. But people won't get they won't change unless they want to change. They, they won't get the help unless they want to get the help. So I can go there and get high and go through that little, little process. But if I don't want to be uh, uh, rehabilitated, if I don't want to get uh, uh, go to go to some program and get some stuff. Get some stuff fixed for me, then it's a problem. If I, if I don't want to get no rehab, mm -hmm. if I don't want to go to rehab, we need some drug and true drug and alcohol rehabilitations. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know, one thing that bothers me is we got them around the city, but they right in the hood. So the person can get 20 days and 30 days clean. And they go right down the street when they ha when they when they having a relapse. Mm -hmm. That was my mother's problem. You know, uh, she went to uh, Odak and minute by minute. And God bless them. They they 
I thank God for those programs. Do you hear what I'm saying? I thank God for them. But if they're right in the middle of the hood and those who are getting relapsed, what happens with a recovering addict if they're going through a problem and an issue and, and, and they can't get the because the, the counselor service says, well, I ain't got time to talk to you today and or, or I'm too busy because I got too much big of a caseload. And they go home to their families and that night that person goes out and, 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 and relapsed. It's a problem. Mm. We got to make sure that we don't overwork the social workers, mm-hmm. or overwork the therapists, so that they don't have a case law where somebody's squeezing through. A, a, a person with an addiction needs somebody to give them some undivided attention for a period of time until they're able to walk on their two feet. It's like putting a child on a bike. You don't just put them on a bike. You put them on a, a, with some training wheels until they're able to keep their balance. And then even when you take them off the training wheels, you stand beside them and guide them until they get it by themselves. And so I think, in my opinion, these injection sites is a crutch mm. instead of getting them real help. And, you need, and, and just one, I got to say one more thing. I got to say this goddamn school board that they got it's the worst. It's the pitch. None of them have even taught in the city of your public school. Are you talking about how Philadelphia? Hell, in Philadelphia, yeah. How the, the, newly, hell you the gonna, newly unveiled board of education. Yeah. How the hell you gonna be on a board and you don't know what it's like to be a school teacher in Philadelphia public school? Mm-hmm. And then you got only two people of color in a school district is seventy percent black. Mm-hmm. How you do that? Mm-hmm. Just because you got a degree and you know some theory, you don't know what it's like. To be in an urban school where the deckers are, are falling apart, all you want to do is crunch numbers. You don't know what that principal needs, uh, a climate control or a system principal. When the school district, you got to wait to as a turn-down school to get all the, uh, a turnaround school to get all that help. Why do they got to wait to be a turnaround school to get the help that they need? I think that's backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just go back on the safe injection site for a second. I, I mean, some would say that you are on the wrong side of history. Now, I know a lot of people who think like you, um, mm-hmm. but you have Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York, who who just last week said he plans to back uh, supervised injection sites. Of course, here in Philadelphia, uh, the mayor is proposing to do uh, just that. He's, he's already issued a call for private companies to come and do that. Are you open to being convinced that these can work? Are you open to looking at the data and, and changing your mind? If, if you got to show me some overwhelming, uh, above and beyond uh, proponents of the evidence, convincing beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever legal term we can think of, that 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 it shows me that it works. Okay, but you are open to changing your mind. Uh, I am. If 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 it's working, if that's what I'm open to change my mind about anything. If 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 it's proving to help our community and better our people, Fair but enough. I'm not open. I'm not open to it if you're not giving no reparations for those who dealt with it already, mm. who got felonies on their records. No. Now, is that just your personal belief, or is this part of your platform? Uh, that's uh, I, I don't. I'm not saying I've made it a part of my platform, but that's how I. That's the way I feel. Okay. And so I have to look at you know legally and 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 and, and congressionally where I stand on that, but. I, I really believe that if we're going to make this everything a mental health issue now because it's hitting their community, that we need to do something for those who have records. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it, they should have to get them expunged. If, if it was a person who served time for just getting caught smoking drugs, 
Because, you know, back in the day, they, when, they, when they would go into the, uh, the drug house, back in the day, they, they, they had drug houses. See, remember, the, the folks that smoked in our community, they didn't smoke crack on the corner. Right. They, you know, we had they, crack they, houses. All, we, we, it was crack houses on one of the blocks. Most of the time, they would go in and lock every last one of them up. They never get the drug dealer because he would never be in there. Mm. So, so they, they would lock everybody up, and then if you didn't snitch on them, they'll, yeah, they'll put a case on you, and you stay in there two and three months, and now you got a felony on your record. We need to make sure that those kind of cases automatically get expunged administratively. Yes, yes. So in the last few minutes I have, we have to wrap up. I want to just kind of do a lightning round real quick. And, and if you can, either yes or no, or you can add just a little bit of context, 10 to 20 seconds. Do you support marijuana legalization? Uh, I, I haven't come to a conclusion on that as of yet. Why? Because I'm. there's studies to show, uh, there's studies to show on both sides of it. I think, for me, I think if you put that, uh, uh, there are some studies, I, I support it for medical. At this point. You don't but support for, legalizing recreational marijuana for, for, to, to, for people to use and for tax money to go to school districts and other needed causes. See, now, I, I didn't say I didn't support it for going to school districts. I said I haven't, I, I don't know. No, I'm asking you, got, do you support the idea of legalizing recreational marijuana so I don't have tax a, it? a flood. Flood, I don't have a I don't have an answer on that one. Okay, I'm still waiting on research. As as it as it relates to gun control, background checks, how we're talking about these assault rifles, where do you stand on that? On gun Man, control. We need to shut down the NRA and some of these companies. I, I, I agree with uh our, our attorney general um uh here who's going after the gun companies. Mm-hmm. We we still we, we keep going after the NRA, we need to go after the manufacturers. Uh, and, but the uh, manufacturers so he, uh, have a right to 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 make guns. As part of the business culture, I mean, just simply selling but, the gun isn't a crime. No, but I believe that we need to make sure that the, the that background checks are a thorough background checks are, are done. I think a psychological evaluation should be done. Mm. Personally, you know, uh, you know, I, I just think I those, certain things I think need to be done in order for somebody to get a gun. And then if somebody have multiple guns, I. I, I'm not. I'm not against a, a second amendment right. I'm not against that whatsoever. If you want to hunt, but I don't think AK-47s should be on the street no goddamn where. It should be in the military. That's it. Mm-hmm. It should not. You ain't. When the last time you seen a hunter hunt for deer or rabbit with an AK-47? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ain't. You don't see that. I think that should be reserved for military weaponry only. I've served in the military, so I, I've been in a war, so I understand what an AK-47 is and what it does. So I, I'm not against the Second Amendment right, but at the same time, I think we need to make sure that a person just can't walk off the street into a gun show and buy a gun and then go and kill somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to get some type of pro- more protective precautions for these guns. Last question. As a member of Congress, would you take the lead? Would you corral your colleagues to push for an impeachment of the president? Is that something you believe in? That's- oh, let me tell you, I will be the first. And if you, if anybody knows Willie Singletary, Willie Singletary ain't no punk or no chump. Willie Singletary has the testicular fortitude to fight Trump and to make sure we get Trump's ass out of office because he's hurting everybody. So you're not scared he, of him? And- I'm gonna scare who? He ain't got no heaven to put me out or no hell to send me to. See, see, this is the problem with our community. See, back in the day, when you when you got problems with your, your, your brother, your brother or sister had problems with somebody in school, they didn't go get nobody reserved. 
they want to got somebody just as crazy as they were. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is, he he, he maybe he may be bullying some people, but guess bark. He's all bark and no bite. He don't mm-hmm. scare me. Mm-hmm. He scare a whole lot of folks, but he don't scare me. I don't fear him. Cause guess what? If God be for me, who can be against me? And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I will stand. I will fight tooth and nail. I don't just want to get rid of Trump. We got to get rid of Pence too. Mm-hmm. They both got to go. Mm-hmm. 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 So we, we, and I, I'm glad that Paul Ryan is gone, but uh, I think it's more to that than we know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think he got chumped by, by. Oh yeah. Uh, but but uh, I think he got chumped, and and uh, we got we got to be understanding this. Trump is a very smart and shrewd individual, so he know he got a he got a he got a black book on all of them. Mm-hmm. That's why they ain't standing up to mm-hmm. him. But guess what? I don't care about you. I'm coming after you. I'm gonna be his worst nightmare. Mm. I promise you that. I'm gonna fight him. From the day I'm sworn in to the to the day they say Oscar La Vista, Arriba Dutchie, mm-hmm. goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we we impeach uh 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 uh, uh, uh Clinton or tell a lie and sleep with Monica, this guy gets up and tell a lie every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He should be impeached by now. So what's the problem? So Willie, it's May seventh. And we are eight days from uh, the election. I want to give you a chance to give your last thoughts, kind of summarize your platform and tell people where they can find your information online. Okay, well, my name is Willie Singletary, and I'm running for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District. And I'm excited uh, for what's going to happen on May 15th. Uh, I I believe that it's an opportunity for us to make a history uh, and not allow the political powers to be of the machine to dictate and decide who represents you. Because the fact of the matter, if they decide, then they don't represent you. You need somebody like a Willie Singletary who will be a voice for the vulnerable and the voiceless, who will fight for true criminal justice reform, will fight to bring back money for educations in our school, who will fight to raise the minimum wage, who will fight to create jobs, affordable housing for seniors and veterans. As a veteran, we need to do more for our veterans. And we need to stand up to... Trump, who has been causing all kinds of turmoil, and we have to stand up against them in this dark and evil day. And as African Americans, we have lived with this mistreatment every day. We experience racism from individuals and institutions through microaggression and systems. The policing and criminal justice system is most vicious because police officers have the power of the state behind them with the support of a racist attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who has promised to reduce the Justice Department critical oversight of policing that, that and rescind Eric Holder's directive from federal prosecutors to reserve the harshest criminal charges for the worst offenders. Sessions has indeed intended to manage Mandate the prosecutors pursue the most serious possible charge in every case. But I'm running to stop every last bit of it. I'm running to fight to the very bitter end. I won't whine. I won't whimper. I won't give up. As you see, they said I couldn't be on the ballot, but I didn't give up. And so, it, and it's a write-in. My brothers and sisters are in Philadelphia. Write-ins are not hard. All you have to do is go to the ballot, look in the congressional session under, and you, uh, you'll see write-in. You hit the write-in button. There's going to be a red light up top. It's going to light up. 
you hit that button, the black box is going to open up. If if my, I, I have a stamp out there with a stamp, if you don't have, if they don't have a stamp out there when you get there, you just write my name in Willie Singletary and, and, and you vote and you hit the vote button. Just remember, Willie for Philly and Philly for Willie, because guess what? The power, use your power and the power of the pen and write Willie in. The power of the pen, write Willie in, because this is Willie for Philly and Philly for Willie, the real candidate in the third congressional district who's going to be a fighter because the champ is here. Flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee, because this is Willie come to win District 3. That's Willie Singletary. He's a write-in congressional candidate for the third district here in the state of Pennsylvania. It's May 7th, eight days from the May primaries. Again, you can vote for Mr. Singletary, who's a Democrat, by writing in his name at your poll worker. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Flood the Drummer. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at Flood the Drummer. Subscribe to the Drumming for Justice podcast. Excuse me. Subscribe to the Drumming for Justice podcast on iTunes, Anchor, and wherever podcasts are available. And until next time, I'm Drumming for Justice.